June's Journey is a fascinating hidden object mystery gaming app where you'll play as June Parker, tasked with a daunting obligation, solve your sister's murder. Set in the 1920s, the era of glitz and glam, this family mystery is one for the ages. Everyone's a suspect until your investigation determines otherwise. The clues are all around you, hidden within tricky twists and turns. You'll collect detailed information about each character in your photo album where you'll comb over every detail. You can even join a detective's club to chat and play with others or against them in the detective's league. With hundreds of puzzles to solve, you should probably get started today. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Welcome to CBS Mornings. I'm Nate Burleson. I'm Vladimir Jutip. And I'm Jamie Yukis. All right, let's begin this morning with new CDC guidance for people who test positive for COVID-19. The government health agency says if people are COVID positive and have no symptoms, they can now isolate for five days instead of 10. And they don't need a negative test to end that isolation period. They should still wear masks around others for another five days. New research shows the Omicron variant, the most common COVID strain in America right now, is most infectious roughly two days before and three days after the first symptoms. And Vlad, there are also new guidance for people who have been around someone with COVID but have not tested positive themselves. If you're vaccinated with a booster and you were exposed to the virus, you will no longer need to try to stay at home or quarantine, but you should wear a mask around others for 10 days. If you aren't vaccinated, you still need to try to quarantine for five full days after exposure. The new guidance comes as millions of Americans return from seeing family for the holidays. At least people are trying to get home. Thousands of flights have been canceled in the last week, in part because COVID has left airlines with a shortage of crew members. Now, as Errol Barnett reports, there are questions about weighing passenger safety against the needs of travelers and the airlines. The shorter isolation and quarantine windows from the CDC are welcome news for airlines which lobbied for the change to five days, arguing that vaccines and other mitigating measures are widely available and that the 10-day window worsened personnel shortages. But Sarah Nelson, the president of the Flight Attendants Union, suggests this new guidance meets corporate needs, saying, quote, if any business pressures a worker to return before they feel better, it will cause much greater disruption than any staffer shortages. White House medical advisor Dr. Anthony Fauci says the decision is safe. If you look at the chance of getting a transmission in that second half of that 10-day period, it's considerably less than in those first few days. So on balance, if you look at the safety of the public and the need to have society not disrupted, this was a good choice. Earlier, Dr. Fauci suggested the federal government should consider requiring vaccines for domestic flights. COVID exposure isn't the only risk for flight attendants. They've borne the brunt of unruly passengers this year, mostly over mask compliance. On this Christmas Eve flight, two passengers fight over wearing masks, and neither was properly masked during the argument. 
really just a bizarre incident. And the woman you saw standing in that video was taken into FBI custody. Now, back to the CDC guidelines, it should start to ease these airline staffing shortages immediately. And we are seeing airline schedules gradually return to normal anyway. There are almost 700 uh, flights canceled across the country today. Tomorrow, Nate, that number drops to just a few dozen. Yeah, as people plan their trips, they should also have a plan B. Errol, thank you so much. Now, Americans are not being hospitalized with the Omicron variant at the same rate as other strains, but it is still dangerous, including for kids. The U.S. now averages 260 pediatric COVID hospitalizations a day. That is up nearly 30% from last week. Meg Oliver is in Patterson, New Jersey. Meg, good morning. Nate, good morning. That rise in cases and hospitalizations has some school districts, like here in Patterson, switching to all remote for two weeks after winter break. Some say the solution isn't keeping kids out of the classroom, but getting shots into arms. As the Omicron variant continues to sweep across the Northeast, unvaccinated of all ages are at increased risk. In New York State, health officials say pediatric hospitalizations in New York City rose nearly five-fold from the start of December, and almost all of the children were unvaccinated. We need to get child vaccinations up. Uh, we need to get them higher than they are, particularly in the 5 to 11-year-old age group. In New York State, roughly 27% of 5 to 11-year-olds are vaccinated. Nationwide, that number falls to roughly 23%. New York Presbyterian Chief Pediatrician Dr. Sally Permar. The vaccine is so much safer than getting the virus itself. And so giving your child the vaccine keeps them safer than letting them get infected with this virus without any immunity from a vaccine. While hospitals typically see a rise in pediatric admissions this time of year, Dr. Permar says parents should take Omicron seriously. How serious are their symptoms? Well, serious enough to be admitted to the hospital, which again is an indication that this is not just a disease of adults. What do you think should happen in terms of reopening schools now that you're seeing a spike in cases among kids? Yeah, I think we know so much more about how to keep our children safe. And we also learned how devastating it is to keep children out of school. So I think we should use all the tools we have, implement vaccination for all the school kids, also use testing, also use masks and our typical hand washing and social distancing to keep kids in school, even with this rise in cases. New York Governor Kathy Hochul also announced yesterday she's urging all superintendents to keep their classrooms open. She says she's prepared to send any additional resources they may need to prevent any interruptions to in-person learning. Jamie. Meg, thank you. Joining us now is Dr. Tom Frieden, the former director of the CDC. He's now president and CEO of Resolve to Save Lives, an initiative working to protect people from cardiovascular disease and prevent epidemics. Dr. Frieden, thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate it. You know, we just heard from Meg. I think this is so confusing for parents. You hear that hospitalizations are up. You hear the new CDC guidance. If you have little kids, you're wondering what to do with childcare. What advice do you have? Well, first and foremost, get vaccinated, and if it's time, get boosted. We're going to be talking about whether you're up to date with your COVID vaccinations. And as we learn more, what that means may change with time. But vaccination is by far the most important thing that we need to do. Also, what your uh, correspondent just covered is very important. We all need to work together to keep kids in school and learning. And we can do that by vaccinating, boosting, and masking up. 
So, Dr. Frieden, you'll, you'll agree that this is sort of confusing for a lot of people because the CDC is now saying Americans who test positive for COVID can stop isolating after five days uh, if they no longer have symptoms, but they should still wear a mask. What do you think prompted this move? Because I, I suspect that there will be a lot of people who will see this guidance and wonder what this really means uh, and what this has meant over the course of the entire pandemic. Here's the bottom line. The virus is adapting. Omicron is different, very different from prior strains, and we need to adapt too. So appropriately, the CDC is adapting their guidance for the current situation. They're doing so in real time. We wish we knew more. We wish we knew how severe Omicron is going to be, but we won't know that for a few weeks. We wish we were able to protect kids under age five, but currently we don't have a vaccine for them. That's why it's so important that everyone five and over get vaccinated and boosted to protect all of us. Remember, over 50 American kids have been killed by COVID so far, and thousands have suffered from the inflammatory condition that rarely follows it, but can be quite severe and life-threatening. We all need Dr. to work together, and if we do that, we can prevent COVID from dominating our lives in 2022. Dr. Frieden, you mentioned uh, being boosted. Now, the CDC says individuals that have received their booster shot uh, should not need, um, sh shouldn't uh, need to quarantine. So if that is the case, um, then them wearing a mask for 10 days around individuals, um, is that enough time or do they need to wear a mask after that? 10 days is a conservative amount. And frankly, anytime you're indoors with a lot of other people, mask up. It protects you and it protects others around you, especially where Omicron is spreading a lot. And especially if people there or people they have contact with are older or have weakened immune systems. Masks are a very small price to pay to keep our economy moving, keep our schools learning in person and save lives. I think there's a lot of questions about testing, too. I know a lot of people who got their positive test. They now hear these new guidelines. Part of the guidelines is not to test negative out of this. One expert calls that reckless. Should a negative test be part of this five-day new rule, or what do you think about this? The CDC does say that if you've been exposed, best practice would be to test at five days before leaving quarantine. But, you know, CDC makes guidance and recommendations in the real world, not the world that we wish existed. And right now, there aren't enough tests. And furthermore, the data suggests that with Omicron, you're most infectious a day or two before you get sick and for the first day or two after you've gotten sick. So it's a reasonable approach to keep our economy moving, save lives, and be practical in a way that we can make sure that COVID doesn't dominate our lives and the lives of people around us through 2022. That is certainly the wish. Dr. Frieden, thank you so much for the clarity. As always, we appreciate thank it. Thank you. Now we turn to Colorado, where police are investigating a deadly series of shootings yesterday. Police say the rampage began around 5 p.m. and stretched across multiple locations in Denver and Lakewood. Four people were killed and at least three others were injured, including a police officer. Officials believe a single suspect shot all of those people. The gunman, who has not been identified, was killed near a busy shopping center in a shootout with police. From Denver to Los Angeles, where the LAPD has released a video, a video evidence shooting, um, police shooting last week, where a 14-year-old girl was killed. It happened at a department store after police officers responded to reports that a man with a gun was assaulting people. And the officer confronted that man, shot the suspect, but also hit the girl, who was trying on clothes with her mother. Jonathan Vigliotti has that story. And we warn you that some of the video is disturbing. 
Police body camera footage shows multiple LAPD officers arriving at this North Hollywood Burlington department store with their guns drawn after receiving calls of an assault and a possible shooting in progress. Moments before police arrived, surveillance video captured the suspect attacking multiple customers with what appeared to be a bicycle lock. The officers moved quickly to the second floor where they found 24-year-old suspect Daniel Elena Lopez near a woman he was beating with the lock. Hey, she's bleeding. She's bleeding. An officer then opens fire, killing Lopez. Unknown to all at the time, one shot pierced a wall behind the suspect and struck and killed 14-year-old Valentina Orellana Peralta, who was in a dressing room with her mother. Officers recovered the bicycle lock at the scene, but no gun was found on the suspect. What exactly did the officer see? And why did the officer choose to fire his firearm? Law enforcement expert Brian Higgins says there are more questions than answers right now. The agency, I'm sure, is going to investigate um, how three shots were fired with a, a long weapon. Only one hit the suspect and maybe one that missed hit the innocent victim. LAPD Police Chief Michael Moore told our CBS affiliate KCBS that the use of deadly force is always the last resort. We're doing everything we can to, to gather as much, to be as transparent as possible. The officer who fired the rounds has been placed on paid administrative leave pending an internal investigation. For CBS Mornings, Jonathan Vigliotti, Los Angeles. It seems the LAPD wanted to clear this up very quickly, releasing that video so soon. Usually they wait a period of time. Yeah, it's just so unfortunate. A young lady with her mother trying yeah. on clothes. Senseless. Tragic. Senseless. Yeah. Her heart goes out to Valentina and her family. Yes, Absolutely. that's for sure. This morning, severe weather is still pummeling parts of the West. California Sierra Nevada mountains have had up to 14 feet of snow in recent days. Look at that. It's blocking many of the local roads, and more snow is coming. CBS News meteorologist and climate specialist Jeff Berardelli is tracking the western storms. Jeff, good morning. Hey, good morning, Jamie. Good morning, everybody. I got to tell you, it is rare that you see a pattern as extreme across the U.S. As we, as we have seen so far this December, but it will continue at least through the new year. Let's start out with the radar. So we have a storm system we're tracking in the Midwest, and it's going to produce some snow today. Chicago, northward, Wisconsin, Minnesota could see as much as two to five inches of snow or so. And across the West Coast, the big storm is done, but it's still precipitating, if you will. We have some rain. We have mostly snow. Part to the Sierra Nevada, the most snow they've ever seen in December. What's going on? Huge ridge of high pressure across Alaska. Got to 67 degrees yesterday in Kodiak, Alaska. That's the warmest it's ever been in the winter in all of Alaska. Well, that has repercussions. Notice the cold air is barreling south and to the west especially across British Columbia, record highs during the day today, but even more so record warmth in the southeast. It has been the warmest December across much of the country, and that will continue today. High temperatures near 80 degrees, uh, about 15 to 25 degrees above normal, and when you have all that heat and all that humidity, we're going to have a storm system move through tomorrow, and that's going to generate severe weather in the south. Could see even the possibility of some isolated tornadoes. This is just now, but as we head through the week and into the weekend and beyond, we're going to see more extreme weather across the country. Jeff, thank you. Look around. 
You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.